Wow, shall we catch up with us here? Praise the Lord. Why don't you open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? And not this weekend, but the following weekend, the McNultys will be with us. And the McNultys have been very beneficial in helping us getting uh, contacts in Kinshasa. And Brother T.L.'s right hand man, Pastor Sony, who is with us. And we're looking forward to that. And next month, we begin to fly the friendly skies. We fly the friendly skies, don't we? It's not going to be any bad skies. Friendly airlines. People uh, just want to bless us. And when we, get, when we enter into Charles de Gaulle, that they will be nice to us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Because I have a few more people with me this time. Amen. But that's going to be quite a meeting. Quite a meeting. It's going to be quite a meeting in the air when we see Jesus, but uh, we have assignments in life that we have to do. And so what our lot is in life, that is our lot, and that's what we do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Let's just read uh, the first 11 or so verses, okay? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now the word spiritual, a better way of saying this, you know, tal uh, gifts is italicized there, means that the translators took it liberty to stick in there just because they wanted to. I believe that it does fit because if you look down at verse Four, he says now the verses of gifts, so it does kind of fit. But what we're talking about are spirituals. Spirituals, things of and pertaining to the Holy Ghost, right? Now, because we're in the Holy Spirit's dispensation, so uh, this is one of the ways that he ministers through the body to the world. Now these gifts, let me say this right up front. Y'all maybe write this up here at the top. These gifts are not necessarily for the church. Write that somewhere up at the top of your outline, or right beside 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. 12. These gifts mentioned here, these nine manifestations, are not necessarily for the church. Now, I'm not going to go and say that they're not, they don't happen to the church and some of the benefits of it, but not necessarily. Now, I hate to tell you this. But if you go to a church where there's a lot of good teaching, where they teach you your covenant blessings, uh, the new covenant, and what you have in Christ, you probably won't see a lot of the gifts of healings in operation in a church like that. Because the people are taught, and they have a covenant of their own. And they are to withdraw from that covenant, right? Say amen. Y'all understand that, don't you? You're not upset with God about it, are you? <laughs> Brother Hagen used to say some things that Raymond and I used to get mad about. <laughs> I just get right mad about it. I said, "Well, it's just not right. It's just not right." But you know, you sooner or later you're just like me. You'll come around to God's way of thinking, <laughs> won't you? Yeah. Amen. Aren't you glad that this is? Oh, nice outside, isn't it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. We're the head, and not the tail; above and not beneath. Right? And we can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth us. So now concerning spirituals, brethren, I will not have you, what? 
Now, what does he mean when he says ignorant? Lack of understanding about the subject. Well, this is one of the things. Let me read it because we're going to comment on this again. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away or led away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Now, we're in ministry school here. We might have a few people here that, that are not in the school with us tonight. But um, let me just say this. You know, uh, <clears throat> I've said this before, and I've made a lot of people mad. I kind of say it like this. Your dumb relatives took you to dumb churches that worship dumb idols. Amen. 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 Ignorant means dumb. Can't speak. Well, if you're, not, if you're ignorant of the gift of spirit, you can't speak concerning them. You just know more different than that dumb idol sitting in the corner somewhere. They got stuck up on a wall. That's the truth. And these are the things that the church are the most ignorant about. Well, not here. Okay. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. We're talking about when spirit, whatever spirit it is, is in manifestation. There's a spirit of God can be in manifestation, and then there are times when the spirit of God's not in manifestation, but another spirit's in manifestation. And when that other spirit's in manifestation, I can tell you this, uh, he will not be able to say that Jesus is Lord because that spirit won't let him. Amen. 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 Now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, and that's the thing we're after, the manifestation of the Spirit. And according to verse 4, the Spirit gives the gifts. Their ministrations through the Lord's ministry and the operations of God. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Notice here it didn't say that it's given to this man to profit himself. I've never had a gift of Spirit come into operation in my life. Well, now, well, uh, usually when the gifts of healing go to operation in my life is for somebody else. Generally these blessings are for, they're for somebody else, not yourself. Now, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And if you look at the original Greek text, it always says healings, gifts of healings, different gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, well, another part of the body, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues or kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, Holy Ghost, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now, this is something you need to notice right off, right off the bat. Here is that these are as the Spirit wills. You just can't turn them on. Now, when it comes to the Doma gifts, remember, what we're talking about now is, is the grace gifts, charis gifts. The fivefold ministry, you remember we talked about, the Greek word for them are Doma, D-O-M-A. It's the only way I know how I pronounce it. 
Now, when somebody turning them on, turn them off. Now, when I stand in the pulpit or in my office, that gift will always work. Let me say it again. It'll work whether I feel like it or not. I mean, a lot of times I've come, I really, and tell you the truth about tonight, I didn't particularly feel like coming tonight, tell you the truth about it. I really, uh, if there's any way, I'd, I'd have called Lindsay and told him, you just got to take it tonight, because I just don't feel all together. I think I need to go home and go to bed or something, you know. Just tired of those, you know. Well, I'm not going to confess that, but anyhow, I, I, I didn't feel like it, but I can guarantee you that the gift to go in operation, it'll work. Amen. These are Doma gifts. And just like people, you know, we, we talk, was talking to one lady recently about her singing. Well, I just can't sing. I said, sister, that's a lie. You can sing. I don't care whether you feel like it or not. If you're anointed to sing, given the talent by God to sing, you can sing whether everybody in the place hates you. Because the gifts and callings of God without repentance, he doesn't remove them. If they're there, they're there to stay. Now, in, that's the Doma gifts. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I can stand in whatever office that I'm in. Now, in the gifts manifestations of the Spirit, talking about these nine manifestations that are given to everyone to profit all. See, the purpose of it is to profit and to profit the whole church. Amen. Now, you can't turn them on. You can't just come up with a word of wisdom because you want to. You just can't think one up. Amen. This you don't think up. We're talking about gifts or manifestations of the Holy Ghost that just kind of drop on you, drop in you. Just come on you or come in you. And all of a sudden, you, you know, in, in the knowledge gifts uh, there, you just know. You just know. Well, how do you explain it? I can't tell you. And then the gift of faith, you're not talking about regular kind of faith that comes by hearing. It's God's faith comes on you. You can't make it just come on you. It's going to take that gift, you know, to raise somebody from the dead. It's going to take the gift of faith. It's beyond your faith. Noah Hayes says, not your regular kind of faith. Amen. I don't care how much you've heard the word, you can't make this happen. Now, if you will be in faith about it, then it does help because the Holy Spirit never will will if there's unbelief probably in you if he wanted to work through you. Now, there might be a bunch of people in the crowd around, uh, and, and, but you're in faith about it. Now, that, I'd always get in faith about it and expect them. Are you all listening to me? I mean, glad you come. So we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, and primarily tonight we're going to start talking about, now, I don't have time to go into detail on all of them. I've got six classes, so I've got to do nine lessons in six classes. So I'm going to have to double up and uh, do it. I'm going to talk, we're talking about Revelation gifts tonight and next Wednesday night, and I'm going to cover three of them. Uh, but look, Paul is speaking to us concerning spirituals, which is things of and pertain to the Holy Ghost. Notice he says that he would not have us to be ignorant or have a lack of understanding. We are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, and the church is desperate to know about these gifts and desperate to fall in love with the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Amen? Amen. Yet it appears this is the one subject that the church is the most ignorant about. And they might know, uh, most of them, don't, let me just read here. Many in the church don't even know that these gifts are available to us or even if they exist. Uh, I just had to say most of the church. Therefore, we have suffered because of a lack of knowledge. Now, like I said, there are p people that most of the body of Christ don't even know they exist. And then the other, another great part of them don't, even know, don't know whether they're, they're available to us or not, whether we can have them or not. 
And then there are those who might know some about them. Just like when we talked about the Doma gifts, now the, most of the body of Christ knows about the pastor and the evangelist. But they don't know anything about the apostles because they think that passed away. Uh, the apostles many, the prophets ministry. Uh, but the, and then teacher, they think teachers are Sunday school teachers. But it's not talking about that. But in the gifts of the Spirit, they might know some about it. And then most, if they know anything about it, it's generally it's the, it's the lesser of the gifts, the inspirational utterance gifts, which are uh, prophecy and tongues interpretation. And a lot of them don't know much about interpretation. They do more about prophecy. But when it comes to the power of gifts and revelation gifts, most of the church just purely ignorant of them. Don't know anything about it. Yet the Bible's full of them, and I'm going to give examples. We've got a lot to cover tonight, so hang on. Amen. We're just going to run through it. So I don't have time to detail each one. We're just going to introduce them here. Look at a summary of the gifts. There are three revelation gifts. Now we're talking about revelation. We're talking about something's going to be revealed. God wants to reveal something to somebody. Amen. This is a gift. Uh, three power gifts. These are three that do something. Something that actually takes place. You're going to do something. Then there's three inspirational gifts, or you could say the utterance gifts, or three that say something. Now, the three revelation gifts are the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom, and the gift of discerning of spirits. Notice it's not discernment. It's discerning of spirits. Okay? Then there's the power gifts, the gift of faith. These three do something. And when I list these, actually the gift of faith would be the greatest. I probably should have put number one, word of wisdom, because the word of wisdom would be the greatest of the, uh, of the uh, revelation gifts. But the gift of faith, the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. Now, it stands to reason that probably in the power gifts, you'd see more of the lesser than you would of the other. But we need the, the greater gifts, don't we? Then the inspirational gifts, gift of prophecy, gift of diverse kinds of tongues. Now, this is not your regular kind of speaking in tongues. This is a different one. And then there's the gift of interpretation tongues. Now, all were manifested in the, whole, in the Old Testament except for diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues, they're actually after Pentecost only. You don't find any of those two in the Old Testament. And a lot of times these gifts were intertwined and worked together. Now, when we talked about the fact of raising somebody from the dead. Now, I don't get shook up about that, do you? You know, it, this ought to happen. Uh, somewhere along the line, there's, you're going to be uh, somewhere in your life in a position where somebody, uh, uh, a life's about to be taken away from them, or, or has, and they're not old enough to die, and yet God's power is going to fall on you, but you're going to need the gift of faith, you're going to need the gift of the working of miracles, no doubt about it, and you're going to probably need the gift of healings, all three of them working together. So these gifts can intertwine, they can, they can operate separately, uh, individually, or they can operate in combination. Uh, it's as the Spirit wills. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at what the Word of Knowledge, because I ain't got time to go through a bunch of intro. Let's just give it. What the Word of Knowledge is not. It is not the gift of knowledge. Please understand that. Well, I got a lot of knowledge. Don't make a difference. You ain't got the Word of Knowledge. It is not something learned. You didn't go to school or college or Bible seminary and learn. You didn't go to Raymond and get the gift of the Word of Knowledge. It is not knowledge of the Bible. It is not the gift of all knowledge. When you get it, you don't get all knowledge. That's right. It's called a word of knowledge, right? It is uh, not knowledge that comes with age. Well, as you grow, you ought to get older, you ought to get a little bit more intelligent. But that's not necessarily true, is it? Some people were dumb back then, they're still dumb today. 
It's because they didn't take time to apply themselves to learn, and so they're still ignorant. I know Christians have been Christians all their life. They don't know anything about the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit. Uh, it's not knowledge that comes with time you spent with the Lord. I think these things need to be said, and it's not something we think up, right? A definition of a word of knowledge. A now, I'm going to start with this one because it helps us in the understanding the word of wisdom later better. A fragmentary part of God's knowledge comes to you. A word or a part of a sentence. Now, a lot of times, if, if I was to give a tongue in a, and so, I, I got, I'll be honest with you, I've said it over and over, I, I quench these things, and I, I got to get over this and stop this, but <clears throat> I'd just rather teach. But a lot of times, when, when, if there's a tongue or something to give, a message to give, or an interpretation, a lot of times I'll just get one word, one word of it, and I'll just take off that in faith. Amen. And, and if it's a word of knowledge, he's not going to give you all of his knowledge. You couldn't handle all of God's knowledge at one time. And then let me say something else too, because I think I got it somewhere in the notes here. I'm not sure. If I don't, we'll write it in. If you have Bible, you don't need it. If you have chapter and verse for it, you don't need it. You don't need to get the word of knowledge, or you don't need especially to get the word of wisdom. If you got Bible, already got scripture, chapter and verse for it. Say amen, somebody. Now, it is only what God wants you to know. Now, remember, what is the purpose of it? To profit. So it is not to embarrass. That doesn't profit anybody, does it? Now, it is a supernatural revelation. Something's revealed. God wants you to know something. By a manifestation of the Holy Ghost of certain facts, uh, certain fact or facts in the mind of God. It is a manifestation from heaven to a believer to let him know the condition of something or facts about something. It is Because it's present day ministry. It is a revelation of facts in the mind of God about people, places, or things concerning the past or present. It never has to do with the future. It has to do with the past or present. It is a fact or facts in the mind of God that he wants a believer to know right now. There's something he needs to know right now. And so the Holy Ghost is going to tell him, and you're going to know it's supernatural. Now let me say this. It's a supernatural thing. And if it's supernatural, if one's supernatural, they're all a supernatural. If none of them supernatural, then none of them supernatural. If not a one it, they're all supernatural. These things are as the Spirit wills to the church. How does it come? Sometimes just a knowing in your knower. I just know something. You know, I remember one night... Um, uh, a fellow in the church back, back when we were in Kansas, you know, we, we, we got up to about 100 one time, and uh, that was doing pretty good. But, uh, you know, you know everybody in the church, in the church mainly, your core group then is a lot smaller than it is now. But uh, one, one, one gentleman in particular who blasted a bunch of people, he went over and started the church, and, and then uh, got, got in this other guy in the same town there, and there was no need for it, really. But uh, I had resigned my church, and I moved on down there and then started to pioneer the church. Could have just got them all together. But you know how people are each in the years. They won't just, well, I got to have him. I got to have him. And so, you know, one night, one of the guys that was real close to me, as a matter of fact, got him, uh, got him filled with the Holy Ghost at his kitchen table. And what a friend's house at his kitchen table. I mean, the whole table shook. When he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he later went to Ramah and took over the church and became the pastor. But one night back there, I remember in particular, he, uh, he didn't show up to church, and I'm at the house. 
And the Spirit of the Lord just in my know. I knew exactly where he was. I, in my spirit, I knew he's gone over to that other church. I didn't hear a word, just knew it in the inside. And he come up to me, and I never going to say a thing about it. Because I mean, want to go, go. If they can feed you better than I can, go on. Get out. You know, there's a church over there. They would love to have you, but they, and, and, and they'll tell you everything wrong with us, but if they can feed you better than I, you go ahead. Praise the Lord. I don't care. Uh, but uh, he said to me, a couple of days, he said, I guess you wonder where I was. I said, no, I ain't wondered a moment. I know exactly where you were. And told him, he said, how'd you know that? I said, the Spirit of the Lord told me. Didn't say a word to me, just knew in my knower. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, <clears throat> inward, and he said, you know what? He said, I was real glad to get out of there. Uh, there was an in, sometimes just an inward witness, an uh, inward voice. Now, the inward voice is not uh, allowed. You, if, you don't, if you're not listening, tuned in, you'll miss it. And we'll talk about these things more when we talk about how to be led by the Spirit. Uh, then, then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is more authoritative. You hear it. You think it's outside. And you might think everybody else heard it. And then there's the audible voice of God, what I call the audible voice of God. There's been times it's been given. If a word of knowledge come through a vision and come through a dream, or it can be just a perception, just another way of saying it. And uh, a lot of times, we used to years ago now, now things have changed a whole lot. Because women work now. You know, years ago, back when I was young, folks, women didn't work much. They stayed home, kept the house, and took care of the house, and, you know, the dishes and the cooking. Man come home, man, food's on the table. Amen. Amen. And uh, uh, wife met, wet him at the door with a lip lock, make his eyes roll back in his head. Amen. <laughs> that's the way it ought to be. Amen. I said, that's the way it ought to be. Amen. But anyhow, uh, back then, women sometimes didn't work as so much, and they were left by themselves. And a lot of times you'll find that women were more, uh, more perceptive to the gift of the word of knowledge. They know things because they're left to themselves, you know, and just sitting around quietly. I, I believe a lot of times you get quiet. Now, I'll tell you what, this morning I woke up. When I did, God started talking to me. I had to go get me a piece of paper, start writing as fast as I could. I said, Lord, don't let me. Don't, I, just a moment I woke up. And a lot of times in between where, where I, I find this, I, over, I don't know why, but it's just like that. It's like, I call it Never Never Land, you know, where Peter Pan lives. You know, there's this point between you're almost asleep, but you're not asleep. In between being awake and asleep, you kind of, I've, I've passed through that thing and heard God speak. And I've come back, out, like this morning, I was coming out of it and heard God speak. And then I kind of centered in on it and started listening. Amen. Laying in bed, had the cover over me. And sitting there, God just talked to me. And I'm trying to think, I'm going to remember all this. Uh, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to miss this. I got up right quick and got me a paper and wrote out, you know, a sheet and a half of things he wanted me to say about the message, the first message. He wanted me to talk to the pastors over there. <laughs> Amen. And that was the manifestation of the Spirit. But it's actually, that was the word of wisdom. Because it had to do with future. Amen. But a lot of times women like, they just perceive it. Now, the purpose of it is to profit with all, profit the church. Isn't that right? Sometimes it can give encouragement. Sometimes it can confirm. Write that down. It can confirm what you've got from God. Amen. Uh, sometimes it can be warnings. Uh, but, you know, and what it is, the purpose is a word of knowledge so God wants you to know something in order that you may act on it or be prepared for it. Amen. That you, that, so you can act on something or be prepared for it. Now, let's look at some Old Testament examples, and I've got to hurry. Let's run Genesis chapter 9. We'll look at some Old Testament examples. We'll look at some New Testament examples. And then we'll just look at some of my examples and others. And then, uh, and already giving you some, then we'll go to Word of Wisdom and do the same. 
Genesis chapter 9, verse 24. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. What did the younger son do? Went in and beheld his nakedness and went out and told the whole world. Because he only had a couple to tell, right? <laughs> but he did. He told the whole world. Didn't he? <laughs> right? Who, who did this? Was it Ham, Sham, or Japheth? Which one was it? Huh? Is that right? <laughs> well, one of, uh, he pronounced that, look, let's just read on here. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. That's who did it, right? Who's Canaan? Uh, a servant of servants shall be. He must have, it must have been Sham, uh, Ham. Ham did it. it. I knew it was Ham. It had to be Ham. <laughs> swine always does. It have, that's why to get you in trouble, won't it? <laughs> well, he blessed the other two, but he, he became servant of everybody else, didn't he? So that was a word of knowledge, wasn't it? Sure it was. Now we'll go to Genesis 32. Let's look at another one. Genesis 32. Don't know why we're going there, but let's go there. It's a good one. Verse 7. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and herds and camels and in two bands, and she's put the wrong scripture in again. Amen. Ah, great day. Well, let's go see the next one right. Go to Joshua chapter 7. Let's see if we got that one right. Man. I don't know why she can't read my writing. <laughs> Are y'all out there? Anybody here ever had a word of knowledge? Huh? Something you didn't know, couldn't have known naturally, couldn't have learned it, but all of a sudden you knew it. Sometimes people call things something like deja vu. You know? And then sometimes there are people who say, well, something told me. The Holy Ghost is a something. <laughs> All right, let's look at Joshua 7, see if we got that one right. Was I in the right place? Was I in Genesis 32? Let me see if it was. Is that where I was? I might have been somewhere else, but anyhow. Joshua 7 and verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled. Now this is a little more than a one word. This is a few words this time, isn't it? So he let him know that Israel had sinned, so he could do something about it, didn't he? All right, 2 Kings chapter 5. I tell you, for the most part, I don't hear words. I just know it. Said Kings 5, well, it works with me now. I don't know how it works with everybody else. You can't put the Holy Ghost in a box. Said Kings chapter 5, verse 25. <clears throat> but he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, now he's talking about Gehazi, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee? When the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep? So he got a word of knowledge through a vision, didn't he? Yeah. He knew exactly what Gehazi did. He lied, wasn't he? He lied to the Holy Ghost, didn't he? And he was struck with what? Ooh, whoa, man. That's, aren't you glad you live in the New Testament of grace? Yeah. Huh? Second Kings chapter 6, verse 9. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians have come down. 
And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servant and said unto him, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. How's he going to know it? But by a word of knowledge. Amen. And so he didn't really need a great word of wisdom to tell him. He said, They go around there. Y'all go around here. I could have figured out, told him what to do if I knew where the enemy was going, couldn't you? But the word of knowledge is what did it, didn't it? Say amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Now let's look at some New Testament examples. First, by perception. Look at Jesus, Mark chapter 2. Mark 2, verse 8. <clears throat> and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Amen. Amen. Here is a perception now. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 5. I tell you, the gifts of the Spirit are all through the Bible. Amen. Luke 5, verse 22. Now, which ones did I tell you were not in the Old Testament or the four Gospels? We don't call it tongues. We call it diverse kinds of tongues. It's going to be scriptural and in, with interpretation of tongues. Now, if there are diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation should accompany it. If not, be quiet. Amen. Now, where did I tell you to go? Luke chapter 5, verse 22. And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he said to them, What reason ye in your heart? He perceived their thoughts. Luke 20, 19. I mean, this is just perception now. And you'll see, I believe, more of that than any other. Luke 20, verse 19. And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. How about that? John chapter 6, verse 15. Quickly. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again to a mountain himself alone. Sometimes those perceptions you've got, darling, are the Holy Ghost. Amen. Acts 27. Don't throw them out. Now, let me tell you one, a word of knowledge that came to, and a word of wisdom that came to Patsy. Patsy had lived in um, Wilmington years ago, actually Carolina Beach, to be accurate about it, and attended a Baptist church there. And they had a pastor, one of their pastors that was with them many years while she was young, whom the family loved dearly. And became very, very close to him. Well, as years went by, you know, they moved, the family moved, and he moved, and everybody around. But they still tried to stay, maintain contact with him throughout the years. Well, it ended up that he got out of the pastorate and became uh, uh, some kind of director with them, foreign missions or something. I don't know what it was, but he was, he was living right here in Raleigh. Well, we were here in Raleigh. Well, one night in particular, Patsy had it on her heart, something about him. Couldn't get it out of her heart. And, uh, you know, and I said, well, you ought, to go, you ought to go see him. You ought to go see him. You ought not let this slide. And uh, she didn't, and he killed himself. Isn't that something? See, now, could she have stopped from killing himself? I don't know that. I don't know that. Might could, might not have. But yet, God knew it. 
and uh, God just laid him on her heart. Didn't tell her actually what to do, just laid him on, had strong unction, on, on inspiration on, in her heart. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. See, I did that with, uh, uh, this happened to me here with uh, one of our members here in the church that's been with us a long time. Uh, one, one night, I was, I don't know what it was, I just had a burden burden, you know, just a burden on me uh, about somebody's child. And uh, so that thing saved me all night long. So that morning I, I called him up and I said, look, I said, I don't know what it is. I could be wrong. Anybody can miss it. I said, but, uh, you know, I just had this strong burden in me about your son. Was well, anything going on with your son? He said, well, now, you know, the, you know, he's been through some debt tests and things as a doctor and all that, you know. And I said, well, uh, he said, what you got on your heart? He said, well, you know, I really see myself over there. He said, well, I, I, told, I told him too. I said, what I see, I see myself in the spirit over there with him in my arms and I'm walking around praying in tongues. And uh, he said, well, you know, we'll, we'll get together. I said, and I called his name out. I said, now! Because <laughs> he won't hear in me. <laughs> now! See, if the word of knowledge comes to you, it's facts, something going on now. He wants you to know now. You don't play around with it. It could be a matter of life and death. So I went over there and prayed in tongues for about, I don't know how long, just picked him up and walked around. And all of a sudden, after, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes, I just started laughing in the spirit. Laughing. Well, I knew I had my answer. That's it. It's fine. He's fine. I dropped and walked on out. Where are you going? Well, I'm all done. I got my answer. Amen. Ain't no need to hang around anymore. Right? Thank God for the Holy Ghost Amen. and the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Many times that individual has been tempted to, to leave this church, but every time he does, he remembers all the supernatural things that happened that I've spoken to their life. Amen. Spoken to their life many times supernaturally. Amen. And he can't deny it. Amen. So he stays here and he gets flack from a bunch of other folks, but that's all right. Stand up for truth any day. Amen. Amen. Acts 27, verse 10. <clears throat> no, yeah. Let's back up verse 9. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only in the laden of the ship, but also of our lives. And they didn't even pay attention to him. And uh, you'll find out later that a word of wisdom came to him. But uh, these are examples of the gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, Man, Acts 5, 1. Let's see, what is that? Uh, that's about Ananias and Sapphira. You ain't got time to turn there, but you, how many of you remember about that story? Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? You know, they, he sat there and asked them a certain question, and they had already, already conspired to lie about it before they ever came in to give any of it. Now, while they had it, it was theirs. They didn't have to give a dime. But they'd already conspired, and Peter already knew it by a word of knowledge when he walked in. Well, did you sell such and such for such a price? Yeah. <laughs> and the man dropped dead, didn't he? Took him out, Bird's wife came in later. What did y'all sell? Yeah. Well, they did a bird, your husband, I can hear their footsteps. They're here, come to get you too. Boom, she dropped dead. Word of knowledge. Acts chapter 9, this is about Paul. You don't have to turn there. Paul, uh, uh, Paul and uh, Ananias. One his name Ananias, a certain disciple named Ananias, had a word of knowledge about Paul, who was praying and had a vision, and he saw in the vision him coming on laying hands on him. The Lord told him. 
That was through a word of the Lord. Acts 10, Peter's vision, that was a word of knowledge given to him. With that, remember when he's praying and fell in that trance? He got this word of knowledge through in a trance. Then is Acts chapter 11. Let's go look at that. I don't know what that one is. Let's see what it is. These are times when the Holy Ghost will just... Now, you don't have to think it up. You don't have to work it up. Believe in it. Read 1 Corinthians 12 ever, ever so often and thank God for them in your life. Amen? And, and you'll know. And you're going to have to step in faith then when it comes. Acts eleven twenty-seven. And in these days, the prophets from Jerusalem unto, came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one, and it's not just for prophets and five-fold ministry, Ananias was a certain disciple. He saw him in a vision, okay? And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth uh, throughout all the world. And so he had a word of knowledge about it, and so they acted upon it. Amen. Now, look at, let's just skip on, go down to Revelations chapter 1. You'll find in Revelations chapter 1 through chapter 3 is a tremendous, actually starting in chapter 2, but a little part of chapter 1, is a word of knowledge about the condition of the seven churches of Asia. The, all that is a word of, it is, it is a revelation. It is something revealed. And here, the Lord Jesus himself is revealing unto John, uh, St. John, the condition of the seven churches. And we still preach this revelation today, don't we? Say amen, church. All right. Now, there's other examples. I remember uh, there was a man who was a a leader of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship. He was actually president of the local chapter. He was driving down the road one day and just had a compulsion come on him to stop in front of this church, this Catholic church. And he said just had a compulsion on him to go inside. Go inside. And he went in, and so he, you know, he sat there for a while. He said, well, it ain't going to hurt to go in and see. And he said, uh, and, and he, he had, a, had a, a word of knowledge that there was a preacher in there, a priest in there, praying to receive the Holy Ghost. And just, just stopped him. And he walked in, knocked on the door, and, and the, uh, the guy opened the door to study. And there was a, a priest sitting there behind his desk. He introduced himself and told him that he was, uh, he was president of the local Full Gospel Benefits Fellowship. And said the, the priest said, Hallelujah! He said, just a few moments ago, I was praying because uh, I've I seen some things on the current moving of God and the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I don't know a thing about it. And he said, Lord, I don't know anybody in this town that could uh, help me on this. Would you please send somebody? He said, not just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I, I remember Brother Hagin talking about the vision of, of the lost daughter who when she was uh, 17, I think, disappeared. And for about 20-some years, she was gone. And the family had given her up for dead. But one day, he was, uh, he was there in that home or, or in hell, on a meeting. And I forget exactly how, what he had, uh, what he was doing. But anyhow, he had a word of knowledge and told the family, your daughter is alive and you'll receive a letter from her within 30 days. That's a word of knowledge. That's supernatural, folks. And you know what? Within 30 days, they received a letter. She's, and she said, Mom, Dad, I'm alive. And if you, if you will, I'll, I want to come visit you. Amen. Well, now I told you about night. It could happen all kinds of different ways. It don't always have to be about bad. But God does want to warn his people. 
And sometimes it's to warn you about things to do, but sometimes it's just to warn you so you'll know. Now, like I told you one night, I was in church in the state of Kansas, and uh, they had a little side room there. They had a window you could see outside into the old parsonage, and I lived on the other side. They had a new parsonage. And uh, <clears throat> in a local church, and we'd grown, you know, from about uh, 19 to running about 60-something in two or three months. That's pretty good. And uh, I was happy and satisfied. And I'm preaching, you know, all these, teaching these things that I learned at Ramah, you know, and, and a lot, some of this stuff on faith they don't like. They just don't like it. And then I talked about speaking in tongues at will and stuff like that. And they really get just burnt out, burn out of shape. So uh, I'm sitting there one night and uh, a Cadillac pulled up. And I'm praying in tongues, just praying in tongues before the church, you know. And, and this woman got, I don't know her from Adam or Eve. You know, <laughs> I ain't got a clue who she is. But when she stepped out, the moment she did, I heard this inside of me. She's here to cause trouble. Didn't say another thing. I, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? What do you mean? He said another thing to me. <laughs> and you know, and you go along, you think nothing's going to happen, but I'm preaching, you know. And then all of a sudden, I just had an unction to change my message while I'm preaching and start talking about love. And talked about, I read something, uh, the First Corinthians 13, out of the Amplified Version, talked about the way, and I said, and some of you are in the way. And that woman jumped, what do you mean? I said, just exactly what I said. I was ready for it. They had my guns loaded. Amen. <laughs> So God sometimes just takes you some things you just need to know sometimes. You know, I'm convinced, folks, that this will happen especially about your children. That God will let you know where your children are, what they're doing. But if you don't pray in tongues, forget it. And if you don't believe in 12 chapter 1 Corinthians, forget it. He's not going to tell you anything, hardhead. Right? So, I mean, these are gifts. Tell us things to do. Now, I imagine I could say it if I had time and could tell you others that have happened. And perhaps you've had them in your own life. Thank God for it. Amen. Now, let's right quickly run through. The, get through. I got 15 minutes to talk about the Word of Wisdom. <laughs> but a lot of it applies. Let's look at what it's not. It's not the gift of wisdom. It's not wild imagination. It's not something you want to happen. It's not your plans and your purpose. It's not all of God's wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. It doesn't come by knowledge of the Bible. It's not wisdom that comes with age or time spent with God, and it's not something we think up. A lot of this supplies. The definition of it, number one, it's divine. It's from heaven. You don't think it up. It's just all of a sudden a word, a fragmentary part. A little part of God's wisdom comes into you. It is future. If it's a word of wisdom, it has to do with the future. And then number three, it's always directive. It is instructing you something to do. In order of importance, I would have to say that this to, would have to be the greatest of all the gifts because the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Right? There are three types of wisdom. There's man's. There is Satan's. The Bible says this wisdom sinned not from above. Isn't that right? And then there's the wisdom of God. Once again, this is not an impartation of all of God's wisdom, but just a word. It is a fragmentary part. It is a revelation, something is being revealed, concerning the plan and purpose in the mind of God for future direction. It is a word of God's knowledge concerning the future. It is directions for future event or events in the next moment or next hour or next day or next month or next year. 
I don't know when it's going to be, but it's direction for the future. And if you do it, you'll be blessed. If you don't listen to it, you won't be blessed. Anybody here ever didn't listen to the Word of Knowledge? Did it cost you? Yeah, yeah. How does it come? An inward witness. I'm just giving you some. These may not be all of them. Inward voice, voice of the Holy Spirit can come in a dream. I had a word of knowledge in a dream. I was moving from one town to another and had a dream. So white serpents were following me. Then I went to the town and I told them that they're coming. And then what it was is religious people. Full of the devil. To just harass the ministry. I told them all about it. They didn't listen to me. Then when it happened, they got mad at me. It can come in a vision. It can come by an audible voice. Or it can come by angels. Angels can tell you. Can give you a word of knowledge. There was an individual trying to get Brother Hagin to do something. He was going to buy all of his tapes and set up stuff and do recordings of it. And he was considering doing it. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared to him to talk to him. And there was a great big angel behind him. And the angel kept talking to him, ministering, wanting to get his attention. Brother Hagin, listen to me. He said, he want to hear Jesus. He want to hear what the angel had to say. But he said, it was a big fella. And then at the end of when, when Jesus got through, he said, who's that guy behind you? He said, that's your angel. He said, my angel. He said, yeah, that's your angel. He said, he's a big rascal. <laughs> and he's come to give you a message from God. And then Brother Hagin, he been sticking for a word. He said, well, why can't you tell me? Why do I need an angel to tell me? I don't think I would have said that myself. But I just, <laughs> you know, because he was accompanying Jesus. But, you know, Brother Hagin's like that. And he said, do not. And they gave him a word of wisdom. He told him, number one, a word of knowledge. That man is not right. And then he gave him a word of wisdom told him, do not go with him. And he said, by such and such a time, you'll have all the money you need to do whatever you need to do. And he said he had it right, almost to the, right down to the dollar. Amen. Gifts. Well, we fail because of a lack of knowledge of this, of not putting emphasis on it. Now, why don't we put so much emphasis on it? Because so much wildfire. Well, you know what? Let's have a little wildfire. It's better no fire at all. Like the man says, you can always throw water on it, can't you? <laughs> Calm it down if you've gone too far. Let's begin to operate in the gifts. I believe the Holy Spirit's willing. I said, I believe He's willing. How about you? All right, look at the purpose of it. To profit, profit the church, save souls, thwart the plans of the enemy, bring prosperity. Yeah, prophets uh, minister to you. The Bible says obey the prophets. Right? Warning to guide us around peril or future judgment. Right quick, let's look at some. Oh, I know that second one's wrong because this is an Old Testament example. Let's look at Genesis 6 first. This concerning, I believe, Noah's Ark. Genesis chapter 6. Yes. Um, and God, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. And it repented the Lord that he had made man uh, on the earth, and it grieved him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I have created, from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I made him. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Aren't you thankful? Amen. I said, aren't you thankful? Amen. 
<laughs> Verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the, with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms. Now here comes a word of wisdom, what he was supposed to do. This was future. This was directive. Isn't that right? Amen. Go to Genesis 37. Let's look at another one. Genesis 37. Well, that second one is not wrong. You know why? Hebrews 11, 7. Let me, you don't have to go there. Let me read it to you. I know now why I put it in there. Thank you for that word of knowledge, Lord. <laughs> By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. So it had to do with the future, didn't it? prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteous, which is by faith. Amen. Now, Genesis 30, 37, let's look here at another one. I think this is Joseph's story of Joseph. Man, he operated in these things, didn't he? Verse 5, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheep. No wonder they got mad, didn't they? <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. Amen. <laughs> Go to Genesis 41. Look at another one, Joseph. Praise the Lord. Genesis 41, verse 25. Hallelujah. And Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh's one. God has showed Pharaoh what is about to do. He's about to do. Has to do with the future, don't it? The seven good kind or seven years and the seven good years or seven years, uh, the dream is one. You remember the story, lean years and then uh, fat years and store up for the, in the seven were the good. So they'll have plenty during the seventh year and then they was able to bring in Jacob all them back down there. Amen. Ain't this great? Amen. All because look what happened. Gift of the word of knowledge, gift of the word of wisdom. Amen. Let's look at some New Testament examples. Acts chapter 9. New Testament. Word of wisdom. Everybody say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Thank you, Father, for the revelation gifts. Thank you for the gift of the word of knowledge. Thank you for the gift of the word of wisdom. The mind, in God, mind of God for future. God. Now, where did I tell you to go? Acts 9, verse 8. And Saul arose from the earth. When his eyes were opened, he saw no man, and they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And there were three days without, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I'm here. Arise and go in his direction, isn't it? Go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire the house of Saul. You'll see here. He went down and laid hands on him, received his sight, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, so you f find here that the word of knowledge and the word of gift of discerning, uh, of word of wisdom, operated uh, together. So they were combined here in this story. There's a combination of them. Now in Acts 10, there was a certain man at Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Um, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms have come up for a memorial before God. 
and now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon. Hallelujah. Whose surname is Peter, who lodgeth with one Simon of Tanner, whose house is by the seaside, he shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel spake unto Cornelius, was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things of them, he sent unto Joppa on the morrow. Amen. As they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour and became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And he saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him. So there had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have not eaten anything that is common and unclean. And the voice spake unto him again a second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessels were received up into heaven. Now when Peter doubted in himself what the vision which he had he should, should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. That's a word of knowledge, isn't it? Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing for I have sent. That's a word of wisdom, isn't it? So you'll find the word of knowledge working. You'll find the word of wisdom working at Cornelius' house. And it worked here. Isn't this great? Amen. I said, isn't it great? So you see it in combination. Acts 8, right quickly. Acts 8, verse 26. Just examples. Praise the Lord. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Rise, go toward the south, to the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he told him down there to join, his, join the church. So there's a word of wisdom again in it. Future, what you're to do. It is directive. Say amen. One more, Acts 27. I think that one had to do with Paul and the ship. After he told them by a word of knowledge, you don't have to look at that, uh, by a word of knowledge what was going to happen, they didn't listen. But later he told them what to do for the future, a word of wisdom, and then everybody was safe. Ship was tore up, but everybody was safe, weren't they? Say amen, church. Other examples. I remember when the Lord gave me, the first time I heard a word of wisdom was when the Lord called me into the ministry, when I heard his voice in the bathtub. You remember me telling you the story? Yes, of how on a, I was on a Saturday night, I'm in the bathtub taking a bath, and I thought somebody's in the bathroom with me. And he called me into the ministry. That was a word of wisdom. I talked about the serpents following, following me. Uh, then there's one, my mother's dream, where a mom had a vision of something that was to take place. And honey, it's just possible. Yes. It's just possible that next month it takes place. Amen. Because everything fits the dream. Yeah. And it was a word of wisdom, something to do about the future. I remember my dream years ago. I'm sitting at my desk in, uh, <clears throat> in Henderson. I'm a programmer, and I had the door shut, and I was sitting there opening up the desk door, and I was reading my little New Testament. <laughs> uh, and, and all of a sudden, I laid my head down, and when I did, I just all of a sudden saw myself in a, somewhere in a foreign country ministering to certain peoples. Well, the last year... Uh, well, it would be last year, last February, when I went, I saw that place. Yeah. Amen. 20-some years. But it had to do with the future, but it comes to pass. Uh, <clears throat> then I remember one time we were looking at a building and thinking about purchasing it when we were in Larned, Kansas. 
And all of a sudden, one day, I pulled up in front of him. We're in the little building beside it. We had turned a little paint store into a sanctuary, but we was looking to get this bigger building. And I, I was sitting there, and I drove up. One day, I drove up. And all of a sudden, I heard the Spirit of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Which is, this is not still small voice. Listen, you hear. You wonder, you know, it's like that one that called me. He said, move now. Move now on it. Purchase that building. And like I told you before, we bought that building. Praised it about 200 and some thousand dollars. Got it for 125,000. And then some company that owned it had, had a lease out. We sold one company that had their lease, sold their lease back to them for half the price. We bought the building, took $7,000 and fixed it up. Amen. I tell you, just a word of wisdom is a blessing to us, folks. I, I remember one night I parked in front of the house. And it had been snowing. I didn't want to park in the back because, you know, they're talking about a lot of snow coming. And so I parked in the front. And when I did, just a still small voice said, don't park here. Put it in the back. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't want to do that because it might snow. And then I, last time it took me three days to get out. It snowed that much. And I didn't know, unbeknownst to me, the same still small voice spoke to Patsy. Well, at 5 o'clock in the morning, I told you a story how the lady was delivering newspaper going back and forth across the street, running right in the back of my brand new car. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> That'll teach you a valuable lesson. I remember when the Lord told me to bridge the gap in the ministry. I remember when he told me to go to a certain church, he said, go and they will vote you in. I knew before I got there by the word of wisdom. Then I remember that last thing he told me, change the nation. Change the nation. Reach the nation teach the nation, and change the nation. Well, I'm acting on that one. I'm acting on that one. Are you listening to me? Now, you'll know a lot of times in your life these things happen. He'll, he'll speak to any of you. If you're just available, if you believe in it, if you don't believe in them, forget it. It ain't going to work. That just grieves the Holy Ghost. Say, I believe in. Twelfth chapter. First Corinthians. The revelation gifts. The gift of the word of wisdom. The mind of God for future. Gift of the word of knowledge. Facts in the mind of God about people, places, things concerning the past or present. Well, if that would be people, places, and things, that means that God could find your ring for you and tell you where all this stuff is, you know. Have the answer that could turn a nation upside down. Nobody has the answer, and yet you have the answer. The Holy Ghost, people that are lost. Know where they are. All these things happen. I said, Lord, where's the seer? Where's the seer at for these situations? And then there's the gift of discerning spirits. So we'll spend the whole class on that one next time. Discerning of spirits, not discernment. I have a discernment. That's like saying you prophesy so that automatically makes you a prophet. No, it does not. Okay? All right. Get blessed tonight. Amen. Got you enough to get you started. Got you enough scriptures. You can get in it and you can learn it. Amen. Amen. You can learn these gifts. Remember, you can't turn them on. You can't turn them off. They come. Well, you might can turn it off through your unbelief. But there's a spirit. Just be knowledgeable about them. Be knowledgeable. You excited about this? Amen. Just think, it just may be Mama's vision come to pass next month. It just may be. Hallelujah. Amen. See into the future. See into the future. Directions. What does God want you to do? Amen. See, I tell you, sometimes it'll stop the enemy.
I was sitting in, laying, sitting in my bed one day, and some people were uh, trying to cause a bunch of trouble, trying to tear the church all to pieces. And back then, I used to worry about it. <laughs> I did. I worried big time. I feel, I feel like right now that if all of you left, then I'd be free. I could leave. I could go to Colorado. <laughs> or Wyoming, or wherever I want to go. You can believe it'd be out west where there'd be some hills, some big hills. Well, uh, I was sitting there on the desk and I didn't know what to do. And the Spirit of God dropped in my spirit and told me exactly what to do. And I did, and it's like it just knocked the wind out of all their sails. I tell you like about the word of, word of knowledge and word of wisdom working about that printing press. Yes. He told me how to do it. Mm-hmm. When the company, the manufacturer said you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy running run the Spearville News said I couldn't do it. And I took it to him. He said, I don't believe it. <laughs> well, I expect him not to believe. But I believe in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Honey, he is the future. Where he is, there's no time. That's right. He can be 2,000 years ahead of us right now if he wants to be. He can go back in the past if he wants to be. There's no time. Do you understand that? No, it makes my head hurt, but I don't want to think about it. But he does, that's just him. He's that wheel in a wheel or whatever that stuff is. Some of that stuff that's a little heavy there over there in Ezekiel. Uh, I'm going to just stay with what we need to know now. All right. Look at here. Got it done by 8.04. In the Lord, wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, what time does church start Sunday morning? 10.29. What time are you going to be here? 10 minutes and 11. 11.30. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Lindsay is going to receive a big offering, tithe offering tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.